This is ESPN New York Tonight. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Well, it was opening day for one of the local baseball teams. We'll talk about it, and we've got some more bracket information for you. Let's go to work. At 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with JP and Mike. Mike, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. How you doing? Larry, what's going on, my friend? Everything is good. Let me, let me tell you this. So I'm, I'm going back and forth. I'm, I'm watching Rangers. I'm watching Nets. <laughs> I'm going back and forth, Gordon. I'm in and out. I'm surfing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I got this feeling when Thompson ties the game up with the Rangers late with like four seconds left. Yeah. I'm like, is this going to be a repeat of the Nick game for the Ranger fans last night? It certainly is- felt that way, right? <laughs> I was just about to make the, the transfer from the TV room into the uh, the office here. And uh, I said, oh, well, I was actually thinking, you know, we're going to have a, a, yeah, a, a fairly full show tonight. Yeah. We're going to be starting right at 10, but, you know, pretty close to it. And then uh, all of a sudden the overtime and uh, away that went. Yeah. But luckily for the Rangers, they were able to, to get the, uh, the game winner. Un- unlike the Knicks last night. So right. Zibanejad with the game winner in overtime. So the Rangers, listen, if you're a Ranger fan, here, here's what it is. You continue to stockpile the wins, Gordon. And at the end of the season, it is what it is. That's all you can do right now. Just stockpile the wins. Get as many as you can and see where it plays out. Yeah. I mean, uh, much like the Knicks last night who were not able to get it done, it's about beating the teams that you're supposed to beat, right? And the Sabres are one of those teams they're supposed to beat. Might not have been the prettiest thing in the world, but uh, you'll take it. Yeah, you definitely will. Islanders win and the Nets win uh, rather easily against a Charlotte team that had been playing pretty well. But listen, whether you have Harden or not, whether you have Durant or not, whether you have Kyrie Irving or not, they just seem fi- seem to find ways to win. So the Nets are rolling. They've, they're on top of the East with the best record, and they just continue to, to mow people down. I I watched basically none of that game. I, I tuned it. I usually I don't watch a lot of first quarter of NBA games because mm-hmm. so much changes and everything else. Uh, I turned it in on uh, in the first quarter and it was like thirty two to ten. I said, "Well, that one's done. <laughs> there's no, <laughs> there's not really anything we're going to need to be breaking down from this game. Uh, Nets are clearly going to win this game. And look, that's good for the Knicks, right? A yes. loss for the Hornets tonight that's right. is good. There's not a lot of luck on the scoreboard tonight for the Knicks because I think the Heat were winning at last check." Uh, I think the Hawks were winning it last check, but at least uh, the Hornets, they knocked them down a peg. That's a good thing. All right, Gordon, it was opening day at Yankee Stadium. Give give me your thoughts, fans in the stands, and they were uh, vociferous early. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) look, pumped up for opening day. It's just uh, it's a a very frustrating day when, you know, when it's opening day, you not only want to win, but you – you're looking forward to seeing the offense go out there and maybe hit a couple of home runs, maybe score some runs, put some runs on the board, and to have the, you know, Gary Sanchez hit a two-run home run right off the bat, right? Like, how many questions have we been talking about? How many Mm. times have we been talking about Gary Sanchez? And for that to be the only runs you score on the day, it was a real downer. I know opening day was a downer for the Mets because their game got postponed. Uh, it was a real downer for the Yankees, and their game did not get postponed. Now, it's only one game. Not going to get too too worked up about it. Look, if the Yankees are don't score runs, something is really wrong in the universe. But uh, it was definitely a frustrating day, even though it was great to see fans in the stands. It was nice to hear the actual crowd noise for a change <laughs> rather than the generic kind of pumped-in stuff. 
but a very frustrating afternoon where the Yankees had opportunities and basically cashed in on none of them. All right, give me your thoughts now. I, I, I've watched the Gleyber Torres play, both of them, because everybody's talking about them. So I watched the Gleyber Torres play. The first one I thought was, was bang, bang, Gordon. I, you know, that, that was a tough play. It was hard hit. The second one, though, he looked like he didn't, he didn't play it aggressively. So that one, I think, you know, they both end up costing them because there was runners on base. But I mm-hmm. think more of the second one than the first. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that both of them he kind of misplayed slightly. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to take it. I know it's one of those things that because it's only one game, we're going to be focal, you know, hyper-focused on. Uh, I, I didn't really look like it. Either of them, to me, were necessarily his fault. You know, like one kind of took a little bit of a bad bounce at the, at the end there. So I, I'm not going to get too worked up on it. But, no, look, I mean, it's something that – there are all these questions for every team, right? Yeah. The yeah. last thing you want is for those questions to pop up in the very first game. Mm-hmm. So it's not great that we're sitting here after the game and talking about Glaber Torres, um, just like it would not have been great if we had been sitting here talking about Gary Sanchez going 0 for 4. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that Sanchez got off to a good start, at least that's something. But, uh, but, uh, but Glaber, I mean, the questions are there about his play at shortstop after the way he played last year. And it was not a great start. But at the end of the day, when you're 0 for, what was it, 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position and yeah. left 10 men in base or 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position and left 9 men on base, whatever it is, when you don't get a big hit, those things are going to be the focus. One of the folks that struggled today was Aaron Judge, Gordon, and um, he talked about it after the game. Yeah, especially when you don't come up for your team there. In the seventh, having the bases loaded one out, you know, I just kind of get a ball in the air, give us the lead, and then I end up, you know, grounding out, double play, and inning. And then uh, there in the ninth, too, same thing. You know, guys in scoring position, you know, just hit something another way, get in the gap, uh, watch the guys run, wasn't able to come through, you know. So it's, you know, let the team down twice there, and then even, you know, the ball over my head, you know, another opportunity we could have, you know, at least held them or at least caught that or cut the guy off or kept him from scoring and didn't do it. So, uh, you know, a lot of missed opportunities on my part. A tough day for Judge, right? As as he mentioned, didn't come up with the clutch. And usually he is a tremendous fielder. But once again, Gordon, it's, it's day one. Uh, I'm going to cut him some slack. It was a, It's only tough because they lost and you're focusing in on every single thing. As you mentioned, if they had scored like seven, eight runs, it'd be like, oh, hey, look, well, you know, look, they found a way to win. <laughs> yeah. Well, the offense was terrible today. I mean, there's no other way yeah. to put it. I mean, they yep. had six hits. It didn't feel like they had even that many. I mean, it felt like there were a lot of stretches of this game where they didn't threaten at all. Uh, you know, Judge was, was, uh, was, I think he had one hit. Uh, but Stanton was 0 for 5, struck out a bunch of times. Uh, 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 Hicks was, uh, he had a walk at one point, but he struck out a couple of times as well. DJ LeMayhew rolled over one. So, you know, when you have the excitement of opening day, you want to cash that in immediately. And to have even a lead at one point at 2-1 and to see that slip away, it was just a series of things slipping away in this game against the Blue Jays team that, look, they could be dangerous this year. Now, it's, again, just one game, but it's not the way you wanted to open the season, that's for sure. Let's talk about something positive, Gordon. I want you to have a smile on your face, and that would be Clint Frazier, who finally got a chance to start in left field and had a couple of hits today. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's way past time for Clint Frazier to finally get his serious run. It is crazy to me that he's batting, uh, you know, ninth in the order, but uh, that is that that is such his life. But, uh, you know, uh, it was good for him to have a couple of hits. It was good for, for – Ga- I mean, look, it's important for Gary Sanchez to get off to a good start because if he does not, the it might be the type of thing where he can't recover from, right? Like if he gets off to an 0 for 10 start, even with the few fans in the stands, there is a portion of the Yankee fan base – that he cannot convert back to being fans of his. Now, some mm. are in the middle where I think they're fair, and when he's playing poorly, 
they might boo him. But when he plays well, they cheer for him. That's what they, they want to cheer for him. But when he disappoints them, obviously there's nothing left to do but boo. Um, but there's a portion of the Yankee fan base he is never going to, no matter what he could hit, unless he hits the game-winning home run in Game 7 of the World Series, I think that that portion of the Yankee fan base will say, well, it's, it was just the one. Yeah, he got lucky. Ah, it was yeah. Yankee State. You know, like yeah. there's a portion. There's just too much that has been, uh, to been lost for, for them to be won over by Gary Sanchez. So it's very important for him to get off to a good start. And look, under Aaron Boone, I don't know the exact numbers, but it feels like with Aaron, when Aaron Boone has been here, even though they've had good teams and they've won a lot of games, they generally kick it around a little bit in the early going yeah. of the season. Hopefully that's not going to be the case this year. But that is, it would not shock me if, you know, not, not be terrible, but, you know, if they got off to a 5-5 five and five start before they really started, you know, swinging the bats the way they should, it would not surprise me all that much. Well, listen, I, I understand that normally the bats are a little slow. Usually pitchers are ahead of hitters early, Gordon, and one of it is by the simple fact that it was probably about 40 to 45 degrees colder today than where they left a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It was it was the opportunities. It was the opportunities late. You know, to have a runner at third base just mm-hmm. sitting there, one out yeah. in the inning, and not be able to yeah. push him across. As soon as that happened, you, you didn't have a good feeling about where this was going. You know, unfortunately, it makes you think about the postseason, right? It makes you think mm-hmm. about if it's not home runs, can this team manufacture runs? Can they find a way to keep the train moving, station to station, if they have to? And this is this is ultimately going to be the the discussion as to whether this Yankee team is going to be able to get a world championship because they have to find a way to make contact in, in games where they don't just homer, just send the ball out of the ballpark. And you know what? Maybe even more frustrating than that was it came on the heels of the eighth inning. Eighth inning, Hicks walks, right? You get a mm-hmm. leadoff walk to start the eighth inning, right? We all know the stats about how many times the leadoff walk comes around to score. Yes. And from that point, he, the, when Hicks got to first base, he never left first base because mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was, I think, Stanton struck out. Uh, and then let me find it here. I got it written down. Torres popped up to first or Shella struck out looking. So there you go. Mm-hmm. There, there's the end of that rally. And then in the ninth inning, we know what happened there as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of questions about Giancarlo Stanton, Gordon, and, and everybody talked about how great a year he had last year, and he did. And in the postseason, he was outstanding. And then the thought process of what's going to happen to him when there's fans in the ballpark and he is not successful. Well, unfortunately, as you mentioned, he was 0 for 5 today, and that happened, and with a couple of strikeouts. And Aaron Boone comments on the fact that Giancarlo Stanton was booed. As I've answered over and over again this spring about him and why I'm so excited about, you know, the year I think he's going to go out and have is because I I just think he's so disciplined. His process is so good. He game plans and he's so diligent and disciplined to it. Today was a tough day for him, but no, I don't worry about it. He's too talented. I think he knows what he's doing. He knows what the league's trying to do to him. And I think that'll play itself out over time. The biggest thing for him is going to be able to making sure he's able to post all the time it's game one and Boone has already got an attitude <laughs> well, I mean, as I've look, said it, many times stupid, right I mean like <laughs> look it's it's just stupid if you're booing anybody on opening day you're basically holding up a sign that says I'm an idiot right I mean like that's all you and especially after the postseason the guy had a year ago now, look I'm not a huge Giancarlo Stanton fan I, I didn't like the move when they made it at the time but he's on the team and the most important thing if you're questioning him in the regular season, I think that that's just ridiculous at this point. Obviously, if that guy plays, 
he's going to put up big numbers. I mean, every time he plays, he puts up big numbers. So to be booing him on opening day when he's on your team and is going to be on your team for a very long time is just plain dumb. It is. It's, it's, and it's frustration. It's, it's just frustration because he didn't make contact. And, you know, it's one game, people. Just relax. Uh, Gordon, what did you see from Garrett Cole? I thought – and this is, this is probably unfair to him, so I'm going to tell you that up front. But for me, Gordon, watching him when he was with Houston and how he dominated in the postseason, he didn't give up as many home runs as he seems to have given up as a Yankee. I mean, the ball flies out of the park with him a lot. It did last year and unfortunately made a, couple, made a mistake today. Yeah, no, he, he did give up a lot of home runs even with Houston. Um, the, the thing is, is that he's such a great pitcher that like when he makes a mistake, that's the way that teams are going to yeah. score off him, right? Like yeah. you're not going to string together three hits against Garrett Cole generally when he's on. And, and look – there's the possibility he struggles in the beginning of this year, right? Like, mm-hmm. he, he's a guy that struggles a little bit early on. We had that conversation last year where his ERA, I think it was through four or five or six starts, was, was around four. That's about what he is early on in the season. But then as the season goes on and he really starts to hit his groove, that's when he really kind of locks in. So, uh, you know, he had that one inning. Was it the first inning or the second inning? I kind of forget now that he kind of struggled and, and the pitch count got up there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't get a lot of, of margin for error today. So the home run by that kid, uh, Hernandez, who, man, did he wallop yeah. that. Boy, that was <laughs> – that. you know, sometimes he gives up some cheap home – Cole will give up a home run at the stadium because it's the stadium and it's a really yeah. – that was not one of those ones. That was, <laughs> that was a bomb, and he knew it right away. So, uh, unfortunately – Unfortunately, that was uh, the story of the game for him. But, I, you know, overall, I thought he looked pretty, you know, I th- he was what I kind of expected early on. We've decided in, that um, they will not play tonight against the Mets. We've done some contact tracing. We want to do some additional testing out of an abundance of caution. And uh, we have rain protection tomorrow. So we're going to go ahead and um, cancel tonight's game and more to follow based on the test results that we get. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manford on with Greeny, who you can hear Monday through Friday from 10 to noon here on 98.7 ESPN, announcing the cancellation of today's Opener for the Mets and the Washington Nationals because of uh, the COVID-19 situation. And Gordon, you know, um, once again, this is scary because it appears that there's more than one player on this team that has it. And so now they're, you know, pushing things back to Saturday. And we hope they can go Saturday because there was, I saw uh, Jeff Passan on SportsCenter indicating that there might be a couple of other positive uh, cases coming up. Yeah, I mean, it did come as a shock to me when when it was announced today, and, and it probably shouldn't have been, right? Like, we knew Wednesday Mike Rizzo said that they had a, a positive test within the organization, and mm-hmm. if, you know, that, that if it's not handled properly and accurately and people aren't doing the right things, it's going to spread. So would it shock me if on Saturday the Mets are not playing their first game? No, it would not. No, I, and it's going to be so, – listen – Make sure everybody's safe, right? Of and course. then we'll play. That that's the bottom line. We we can right. we we we've gone through this. We saw what happened to Miami last year, Gordon. I mean, they missed a ton of games, and and still survived even in the short season to make the playoffs. Yeah. So I mean, look, that's the most important thing. Make sure you have it handled, and it's not going to pop up again here in another day or two, or heaven forbid that it spreads to another team, which. 
even though last year it didn't really seem like there were ever any cases like that. Uh, you can't be, you know, you can't rely on that and say, well, it never happened before. <laughs> no need to yeah. worry about it this time. So <laughs> obviously true. do what you got to do. And uh, if it means that, the look, you got 162 games that you'll have to make up here, a couple of games over the course of, you know, six months that you'll have to make up at some point. Yeah. So it gave everybody more of an opportunity to talk about Francisco Lindor's deal, like Luis Rojas. I was in bed. I was up. I was actually talking to to my wife at the time. And when they made me aware of the news, I got really excited. I shared it with my wife, obviously, right immediately. And, uh, and then I started texting some of the coaches. It's exciting to know about the contract extension, about the commitment for many years. I mean, it's a winning player. You know, we've been able to see uh, a lot of the things that he can bring to this organization just to see it. That, you know, he's going to be here for that period of time. It just can give you that sense of winning mentality, presence that you're going to have with just one you know, one guy. And I think a lot of guys can benefit from it. And we're looking forward to more guys to be around, all, uh, you know, potentially, you know, that long. Can you imagine that? Honey, I think I'll be with the Mets a little bit longer now that they signed Francisco Lindor. I may be able to keep my job. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> think about uh, finding out that, that you got the guy and he's going to be here a long time now. You know, manager jobs don't uh, – there's no contracts for managers that last for uh, 10 years, that's for sure. But yep. uh, it's got to be good news. that At least have that – you know, the manager's job is so much about putting out fires. If they had not re-signed him to the or signed him to the extension, that was going to be something that he Rojas was going to have to deal with on a regular basis. You know, probably a bunch of times. So now that that has been removed and he's going to be here, now he can you know he can keep his attention focused on whatever other thing. Right, the, the COVID situation, this thing, that thing, and it doesn't have to be about that one topic that everybody would be asking about. It will be every day, Gordon, before mm-hmm. the game. So, uh, Francisco Lindor, 0-3. You think he's thinking about the fact he doesn't have a contract? Right. <laughs> you know how it goes. Oh, forget. I mean, if he got off to a bad start. Oh, now, old. look, if he gets off to a bad start, now will be – is the pressure of the money getting yeah. to – you know, so it'll just, it'll just flip that way. But at least he doesn't have to worry about answering the questions about, you know, the Mets didn't sign him, he's going to be here long term, what impact does this – you know, all those type of things. Absolutely. So Francisco Lindor was asked about uh, all the owners tweeting during this uh, happening time. Steve Cohen kind of tweeting out um, his thoughts during the process. And did that affect um, your negotiations at all uh, from your side? Um, the crowdsource one, that was funny. That was a funny one. Um, I told him at dinner. Um, the other ones, uh, at that point, I already shut down my phone and I everything on social media um so i i didn't really care too much for it because at that point it's like all right are we gonna get this done or not in other words his agent told him what he said he wasn't happy (laughs) yeah it seems that way right yep that that's the bottom line with that so uh let's talk about this age thing gordon he's gonna be 38 at the end of this contract yeah i mean look he he if you're, you know, so often we f- focus on when a free agent signs about the, the years or the money. The real important thing is the age, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. signing a guy to a 10-year contract and he's 31, that's a concern. When Pujols got the deal that he got, I don't remember if he was 32 at the time, you knew that that was going to be a bad deal at some point during that, that, that contract because there were some questions of whether or not he had already started to kind of hit the decline phase. And when you sign somebody to that length of period of time, there's just going to be dead years at the end of the contract. 
there might 10 years is a long time injury could happen to anybody but Lindor is the kind of player that you would think should age well now he might not be a shortstop at the age of 38 maybe mm. he's a third baseman mm. but you know a guy who's five tools got speed he's not a, he's not a hulking first baseman at the age of 27 he's he's a limber shortstop in his prime so injuries could always happen that uh, is certainly a possibility but if you are going to bet on uh, an athlete to age well he has the profile of somebody who should age well and Here's the thing, Gordon. It's always about protection in your lineup from the hitting standpoint because if you surround guys with players that can hit, he'll be okay. He's going to find a way to hit. As you mentioned, in the field, look, he's a great shortstop right now. As he gets older, obviously his range is going to change. He's going to have to cheat a little bit mm-hmm. one way or the one side or the other. But I think he'll be okay. He is he is a guy who much – I agree with you. He's a guy who keeps himself in great shape, and I think he'll be fine. Let's see what he says about playing at third at 38. Hey, Francisco, congratulations. Uh, you're going to be a Met now until you're 38 years old. What kind of player do you think you'll be when you're 38 years old? I mean, what is the kind of the concept in your mind of, of that far off in the future? I'll be a bad mother effer. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all I got to tell you, Anthony. All right. We'll He's see. Now. Gonna, is he going to have the wallet like Jules from Pulp Fiction? <laughs> he better. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's going to get a couple of those for for Christmas or something, right? If he yep. doesn't have it already. Yeah, there's no question about it. I'm just wondering, Gordon, uh, from the Mets standpoint, right, you get so revved up for opening day. You're ready to go. You've been working on this since February, counting down, and then you get to – and you find out in Washington you're not playing until Saturday. Yeah, is, it's not even the next day, right? I know. It's like two days. And, like, what does that do? I'm real curious from a pitching standpoint, right? Does that mean that the guys are going to be, like, too strong? Uh, Scherzer and DeGrom, are they going to be I – mean, DeGrom was throwing over 102. I mean, he might throw 110. <laughs> He's going to be right. so strong. You know, I'm just a little concerned. I'm curious how that, how that adjustment's going to be mentally and physically for those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's an extra day, but it's not all that unusual, right, that if you have – I mean, we had a game in snow today, right? Yeah. It's not all that unusual for there to be games where it's rained out. You get pushed – but you know, that's why they leave the, the gap there in between the days. So, um, I would think that they'll be able to adjust all right. And you got two guys who have kind of been around the block. You know, it's not like two rookies who are just making their major league debut or some young players. When you're talking about Scherzer and you're talking about DeGrom – I'm sure that they will be able to uh, work it around to whatever obstacles that uh, major, and it might even be longer than that, right? I yeah, mean, Saturday, that's right. I think you'd sign for Saturday right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I know I would. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see what I'm ready to see what this team can do. Of you course. know, um, you, you've seen the moves that they've made. This is a this is a team that did not sit back. They've been reasonably aggressive, mm-hmm. not as aggressive as I would like with the personnel, but they've been aggressive and they've made some changes. And you really want to see what this team can do. And much like the Yankees, I'm not saying they're as good a hitting team as the Yankees, but much like the Yankees, you, this team is going to win with their offense, Gordon. They're, they're not mm-hmm. going to win defensively. You, you expect, they have to win on days that, at, that DeGrom pitches. And Stroman pitches, those, those are the top two guys in the rotation. They have to win on those days. And the rest of the rotation, you hope that you can, as the competition's starters, you know, de- degress uh, because it's three, four, and five, you hope that your hitting will make up the difference and you can steal some wins in a series like that. Yeah, I mean, if they don't, it's like the Yankees. If they don't hit, 
they're kind of screwed, right? Like, I yeah. mean, they're just built to hit. And there's not guys who you're going to take out of the lineup pretty much, right? I mean, you, all right, maybe third base for the Mets is a, is a question area, right? Can J.D. Davis put up good numbers there? I think he can, but, you know, maybe that's an area where you might see an improvement through a trade or something. But other than that, I mean, the team is kind of the team. So I mm. think that they will score runs. The offense will not be an issue at all. Uh, defense, base running, we've kind of pointed those out. The bullpen, that could be uh, an Achilles heel. But uh, I get it. It's, it has to be incredibly deflating because here you are, you wake up if you think it's Christmas Day, and you find out it's December 23rd when you run downstairs. It's uh, not what you want. Not what you want. Uh, did you guys miss Chapman in Britain today? Would it have made well, a difference? I, it would have, what, what do you think? Would have mattered, right? I mean, if you if you can't score a run, yeah. I mean, it's all on the offense for me today. I, yeah. I was actually kind of happy with the uh, with the pitching, to be quite mm-hmm. honest. You know, I, I was a little concerned, you know, because Chapman is not going to be there for the first couple of games. Mm-hmm. But uh, like what I, you know, Chad Green was real sharp. Came in early, he came didn't in, he? Yeah, I was, came little, in, well, I, was, I was surprised he came in so early. You gave up the. He gave up the run. He gave up the home run, and mm-hmm. then a batter got on. And I think that uh, I like being aggressive. That yes. that could have been the point of the game. That the game yep. was decided right there. If they score a run there, Yankees didn't score any more runs. So yeah, go out and get Green. He comes in, gets the double play, pitched another inning. I thought Loizaga looked real good. Darren he O'Day did. I thought was a sharp, um, mm-hmm. a sharp uh, debut. Even uh, I liked uh, Nelson. I mean, obviously he gave up the run, but. Part of that was the fact that, you know, we have the stupid rule with the runner on second base. So, yeah. but, you know, we'll see. I, I yeah. was not too, too upset with the bullpen today. No, the bullpen, the bullpen did not lose you that game. You're no. right. It, 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 it was the fact that you couldn't put, uh, put the bat on the ball in key situations. Yep, that's it. Hey, the Michael K. Show Drop Madness continues tomorrow. Have your dials tuned to 98.7 ESPN at 2 p.m. And be ready to cast votes for each matchup at TMKSESPN on Twitter. Drop Madness is presented by Wendy's, where quality is our recipe. Hey, Wendy's, we got you. But you don't have to wait that long for the ESPN New York Tonight TV theme song throwdown. We'll give you an update at the top of the hour, Gordon. All right, sounds good, Larry. we got two more matchups tonight, and uh, this one... And yesterday, another very close one, so it's really coming down to the wire. Interesting, interesting. Let's go to the phones. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Robbie, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Larry and Gordon, how are you this evening? Well, before I talk about my Yankees, a good win for the Rangers, guys. I'm happy that they got the two points, so let's move on to the next game. Anyway, Igor's playing well. Let's talk about the New York Yankees, all right? I was born in the Bronx, raised in Westchester. The Yankees, I mean, mean so much to me, and so does opening day. So it was nice to see fans back in the stand. But I want you guys to take this game, and I know it's one game, Larry. I'm not going to get crazy. I want you to take this one game, though, and I want you to put it right in a glass capsule and put it on the side of the shelf today because this game is a microcosm of exactly what's wrong with this team and why I get so frustrated. This is the first time I can remember an opening day, and I'm 56, that I threw my television remote across the room at the end of that game. First of all, the rule in extra innings to put a player on second base is the dumbest, most asinine thing they've ever done in baseball. And they don't want to get the universal DH together, but they would rather have this stupid rule. So that's first thing. The second thing is, God forbid, Aaron Boone would ever try a safety squeeze in the ninth inning with Tockman on third base and Clint Frazier up. God forbid anybody ever wants to put anything interesting into baseball. 
This when, is the when do you think the lineup. last time that Clint Frazier bunted? Who would back a player with a 235 lifetime average and bat him third? Okay, can you figure this one out? So I'll just get your comments for a moment. Well, I mean, when was I mean, the last time Clint this, Frazier bunted? I mean, you, you really think that that's the time to be, you know, like, isn't that kind of like trying to put your hands all over the game and like Bigfoot in the game at that point, like overthinking it? You know, let Clint Frazier, you got to be, you had a runner at third with one out. You got to be able to get a base hit, get a fly ball, hit, you know, hit the ball the opposite wait, way. Wait. So, I mean, look, I understand, I understand it's frustrating, but I'm not going to start, uh, I'm not going to be calling for a squeeze bunt. With, no, uh, I understand that, Gordon, but this is what's wrong with baseball, though. See, the thing that's wrong with baseball, the speed, the element of surprise, the, the different things that used to make baseball wonderful, the, uh, the extemporaneousness of baseball used to be so great. And it's like everything is about, you know, launch angle and exit velocity. And all because they garbage, realize that that okay? works, though, Robbie. And, and, and that they cannot hit the clutch. They are so stupidly built, this team, the way they are. Well, they I mean, are the, we the, 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 the worst situational hitting I mean, team I have ever seen. Oh, they'll, win, they'll win 11-2 to two on Saturday. They'll win 9-2. to two. Right. If you get them So in you the think team, they're going to be a 500 team, Robbie? You think they're going to be a what? 500 team? Well, no, you're saying they're terribly they're built and they're stupidly built. The American League stinks. But when they get into the playoffs, when they get into the playoffs and they need a clutch hit and they need a situational play, they will fail every time. You're right-handed, and Jay Bruce, was, that was the worst at bat I've ever seen in my life. Look, I love the Yankees. They're going to win a ton of games. It's one stupid game. But this is a microcosm for you guys of what's wrong with this team. It's a terrible situational hitting team. I'm sorry. They just are. Well, we'll see what happens, Robbie. Just go, Robbie, I would just okay, say go back to the World years. Series last year. The way, the way teams score now, all teams, even in the postseason, even when the pitching's better, you score with home runs. You have to hit home runs. Now, look, the Yankees didn't hit home runs Not today. They, home run. they didn't have any hits either. They didn't have any hits, really. They had six hits on the right. day. So because their because their situational hitting is ridiculous. No, I mean, it's not. And, and it's not it was too. a bad Aaron game. It was one run. bad game Aaron to start the year. Base the it's Aaron one Hicks bad game to start the year. Base? Can oh Aaron Hicks God, try to steal a base in the seventh inning? We're doing this after one game. We're doing this after one game, Larry. This yeah, I hear what you're saying, Robbie. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. I hear your frustration, and and it's one game. You can't be frustrated yet. It just started. Apparently it would be like the is. movie starts, and within the opening credits, ju- oh, I don't like this movie. This movie stinks. He's frustrated from last year, Gordon, and and that's and here's what baseball fans, old time baseball fans, have to understand: that station to station game, stolen base, sacrifice of God, done, Herzog's not managing gone, anymore. Yeah, not gone. happening, no the more. There's no team. Nobody. I mean, very, very few teams, unless you're, you're kind of like a rebuilding team and, and you're trying something maybe a little different. I, I'd have to look and, and see where this is. But there's no teams that are, you know, getting the runner over to second and bunting Mm-mm. them to third and nope. hoping for a sack fly. You're nope. looking for pitches within your strike zone that you can do damage with because there's very few opportunities to score runs. Every team, the Blue Jays, David Cohn pointed it out brilliantly today. You wonder why it's so hard to score runs? The Blue Jays had a guy come in. I don't think I've ever heard of him before. He's throwing 99. Yeah. 99. I mean, Larry, when we were kids, Nolan Ryan threw 100. He was, that was the it. guy. That was <laughs> that it. That was it. That's <laughs> true. That was it. And listen, all you have to do, Gordon, Yankee fans, all you have to do is look at last year. Tampa rolled in. What, what did I tell you about Tampa? They had – they just marched them out of the bullpen. Six right. feet, five, six, seven, and eight. They threw, they threw 101. And the off speed was ninety eight. 
and they got they got a thousand of them, right? I mean, that's even it. The they just kept marching them out. We got a whole stable of these guys that can they just go kept out marching there and them do up. It. That is the adjust. And see, for a team and for a team like the Yankees, who were patient. I mean, what was their success, Gordon, in the '90s and the early 2000s? Success, wear the starter out, get into the bullpen, mm-hmm. and that's where we're successful. Right now, I don't know if you want to go into the bullpen. No. You're trying to keep the starter in the game as long as possible. You don't want to go into the bullpen because everybody throws 100 miles an hour now. I will say this, uh, Robbie, you know, the, the point that you made about uh, Aaron Hicks being a 235 hitter. Aaron Hicks does get on base a ton. I do think that it might be time to, you know, not after one game, but if he does not show the ability to do damage within the zone and his, his power was kind of sapped last year, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe it's just all the injuries over time, he might be a guy that you might have to, to move down to the order. But not after one game. I mean, can we, <laughs> can we take a breath? <laughs> one game. Listen, win or bust, that's the, Yan- that's, that's the Yankee fan. That's uh, look, how they unfor- think. Unfortunately, the Yankees – you know, you can say that about it's nice to play with expectations. Expectations is a privilege and all this type of stuff. But for fans, this is almost like the worst kind of year because anything short of a World Series is failure. Yeah. You've been you've almost been promised a World Series since 2017. You've been you've almost expected it every single year. and You've come close, but that's the worst kind of season. To have. The, the great season to have is when. You know, you're not expecting a whole lot out of a team, and, and they surprise you almost, you know, to a certain degree, the way the Knicks may be a little bit better than what the Knicks have played this year. But, mm-hmm. you know, something along those lines where you weren't expecting it and you're just enjoying the process of it. There's no enjoying the process. It's almost like a, a portion of Yankee fans want to skip the, the regular season, want to get directly to the postseason, and want to win now, 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 even though it's April 1st. Charlie's in Woodside. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? How you guys doing? Hey Charlie. Uh, so I'm I'm fine. Well, certainly it's not uh, the day they want it, but I'm I'm got it over with uh, because I just, uh, I'm in the middle of watching the second second night of three nights of like the Lord of the Rings. So, but uh, certainly um, I, I there's two things. Uh, I hate the extra inning rule uh, because you like terrible because you almost like you have to win yet like decide one decide the outcome decided before the the ninth inning is over the full inning i think what they could have done is like you know just play the three innings after the extra inning like 10 11 12 play a right. traditional then, then you add the extra stupid, go right ahead right i mean it's so it's so dumb and uh the fact that uh, and another thing is like aaron judge um uh exactly he doesn't have a walk-off kind of like kind of kind of like stupid kind of shocking to me and the fact that I think the most egregious one was about 2-0 for uh, bases loaded what was it one out in the bottom of the seventh inning I think right there the Yankees are set up to win the game right there I think that he had a 2-0 pitch I don't know why he uh, I don't know why he like looked I mean took one right down the middle I mean the fact that Phelps wasn't like wild or anything he just like he was like Giving up bases like you know infield hit, jam shot by Frazier, walk by Lemayhew. That's it. He should. He must pull that. She must pull that trigger, and that's where I think the game was lost. But hey, just one game. Uh, the Yankee fans. Uh, I heard after the case, the Yankee fans already in panic. I uh, already got over with. It was nice to watch. Uh, uh, next tomorrow is going to be the return of the Kings for me. So and guys, I'll hang up. 
uh, I'll give you uh, what's your pick on Godzilla versus Kong. Hey, guys, I'm going with Godzilla. Thanks, guy. Call. Hi, Charlie. Thanks for checking in. Gordon, here's the thing. I don't understand why they brought the second base rule in next innings this year back. I mean, I understood it. it. I understood it for 60 games last year. I got it. Of course. I got it. But you didn't need to bring it back. You didn't bring back the universal DH. Don't bring this back. They brought back the stupid rules, and they left out the ones that made sense. You wonder why baseball is so screwed up. You are going to finally have both leagues playing on an equal playing field as terms of the DH. Where the pitchers, nobody wants to watch pitcher hit. They're <laughs> terror. They can't do it. Full-time hitters can't get hits. Never mind pitchers trying to get hits. And they don't bring that one back. But they bring and they bring it back. I went through it one time on average. You know, like a long extra inning game, like a 14 inning game. A team will play that maybe, maybe once a month, maybe twice a month. That's about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And you're altering the entire fabric of the sport that's been around for 100 years because you're worried about that one game maybe once a month that goes 13, 14, 15 innings. It, I mean, it's just – it's so stupid. And, the, and to keep in mind, Larry, mm-hmm. the people who are running baseball, these are their good ideas. <laughs> these are the ones they like the best. Can you imagine what the ones are next? On the cutting room floor? <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine the ones they said no to? Oh, boy. Well, yeah, I can, I can imagine one. Yeah, the Universal right. DH. DH. Right, right. Let's get rid of that one, right? <laughs> of like, all of them. Like you said, the Universal DH. Listen, as a Met fan, I'm very unhappy that there's no Universal DH. I I'm bet. telling you right now. I'm very unhappy with that. With ESPN New York tonight, Larry Hardesty, Gordon Damer until midnight. There's Freddie and Fitzsimmons here on 98.7. We've been talking about the Yankees and the Mets. We'll continue that. We'll also get into a little uh, football as well. Damian Woody is <laughs> Damian Woody is hearing a lot about Zach Wilson, and he's done. We'll hear what Damian Woody has to say in about 15 minutes. And also, I'm sorry, Damian. There's another month until the draft. You will hear about it, my friend, whether you like it or not. That's for sure. And did you hear, Gordon, that Justin Fields' stock is dropping? Yeah. Even after the underwear Olympics. Yes. <laughs> well, look, there's been some, uh, there's a little uh, ES in, internal ESPN drama over that between uh, Kirk Herbstreet and uh, Dan Orlovsky. So uh, that's not good. No, it's not. It's not. Maybe they need you because what do you do best? I bring people together. We I'm can sit saying. them down. Uh, I can work all these things through. Yes. It'll be like the Geneva Peace Convention or whatever they call it. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Camp David? What is it? Where do they go? Yeah. They go to Camp David, right? They go to, we'll Camp, go to Camp David, David. sure. Yep. Yeah, you go to Camp David. Well, right now, where we're going is to Brackettville. Oh, all right. Let's do it. Do we have the music? No music? There it there is. There we go. There's the music. Well, of course, last night, it was the 1980s. And we are now down to the regional semifinals in the 1980s. And the number one seed, Cheers, does advance, does so fairly convincingly, 60-40 over Jeopardy. So uh, that uh, was what you expected, although Jeopardy had pulled off some upsets. But, though, the real the real uh, matchup in the 80s region yesterday was between the number three seed, Different Strokes, the number seven, the A-team. And it came down to, I was trying to figure it out, I think it came down to eight or nine votes, so a little bit more than the other night. Not the closest one we've had, but still very close. 51-49 for the A-team. 
So mm. it'll be the A-team wow. versus Cheers in the 80s regional final of the TV theme song, Throwdown. So that was last night. Tonight, of course, we have the 1990s, mm. which we've said it from the beginning, Larry, right? We yes. know We know who is going to be in the regional semifinal, but do we? No, who's yes, going we do. To be in yeah, we, we, do. we we hope so. Yes, we if, do. if Jake and Brian and uh, their their goons all gang up on Twitter and screw this up, I will find them. I will find them, Larry. <laughs> I know you will. But uh, the first regional semifinal of the night involves the number one seed, the yes. number one overall seed, Gonzaga, is if you will, of our mm-hmm. tournament of TV theme songs. It is the number one seed, which is. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped. Been the number one vote getter so like far. Minute, right there, see if the fresh prince, the prince of Bel Air can keep it rolling, because the number four seed is, of course, this. I'll just say this right now: if that beats the first one, we're done. Thumbs up. I mean, play it, play it from the start again. Play, play the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and listen to the music quality of that. Play the number one again. Now this is a story right. all okay. about listen, how my life That sounds like it was produced in an actual music studio. Yeah. <laughs> then yes, you have the number four seed, which sounds like it was produced in my basement. <laughs> that's right. So that's the matchup there. Saved by the Bell, Larry. Yes, I don't think I don't think they will be saved by this in this I, matchup. If they, if they get saved by the bell this time, we've really we have overestimated the public, Larry. Yes, that, we have. that has happened before. People it have done that. Has. All right. Has. So the other regional semifinal, this one, I think, might be a little bit closer. I hope mm-hmm. uh, it's not, but it might be the number two seed in the 1990s. Yes, of course. The obnoxious clapping. It's Friends, the number two seed in the 1990s. And they will be going up against the number three seed, which is... And voting is already up and out there on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. All the uh, the likely uh, suspects, the usual suspects, will be retweeting as we go here. But those are your two matchups for tonight. The 1990s Fresh Prince of Bel-Air versus Saved by the Bell. And then Friends versus Simpson. The uh, voting is now open. It is up to you people. Don't let us down. No, please don't. Please don't. At Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, and of course at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7. So those are the places that you can vote. I have already retweeted. So you can, uh, if you follow me, you can get your poll and start voting and next week we're going to speed it along, Gordon. We're going yes. to we're going to be. You know, I was actually quickly. thinking, Larry, what yes. we could do to kind of keep it a little bit people on their toes when we get to the final four, mm-hmm. we could make it so all four battle each other at one time. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, right. That might be. You know, that you can, obviously good. can't do that with basketball. Although with the way Gonzaga's playing, it might be the only way to keep them. You know, in the <laughs> in the, right. in, the in the in the arena. But we could just throw all four in one final poll. When we get the final four together, maybe just throw them all in a hat and make people choose. I like that. Yeah. I like that idea. So we'll do that. So so make sure you join us next week. We got some surprises for you. Yes. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. Now, Gordon, you mentioned before the break about uh, we were talking about the, you know, the universal DH and mm-hmm. this, you know, all the, the, the madness that they have right now. 
Well, let's talk about the universal DH. That was one of the topics that Greeny spoke with the commissioner about today. We're going to play with no designated hitter in the National League this year. And we're going to be in the pre-2020 playoff format. You know, we like that format with the wild card. We always felt that um, those wild card games are, are great for our fans. They love those knockout games. Whether those things change after 2021 is going to be a product of the conversations we have with the Players Association over the course of this season. All right, so let, let me translate that for you. Huh. <laughs> Exhausting. I think uh, Han and uh, Barton Han have the BS translator oh. that they do. So uh, let me try to give you a little translation. We'll change it, but we know that we're going to get something if they want that. Right. <laughs> what will they get if they want? That's the bottom line. Right. We'll change it, but they're going to give have to give up something for us to change it back. Right. That's why oh, you have the not the good of the game. Base. Nobody will pay anything for that. Not right? the good That's, of the game. Yeah. No. Of course not. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's the way it is with baseball and everything. They have to if, if, if they have to haggle over every single nickel, every single dime. Everything's got to be a fight. Everything and 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 they're not even. They won't even fight about it now. They'll wait no. until it's the last <laughs> freaking minute, and then they'll. Oh, you know what? We'll get around to it. It's just the way they do it. It's amazing. And they never change. Never change. Never change. Well, look, they, they must be getting a payoff from it somehow, right? I mean, it's not uh, it's obviously not impacting their bottom line the way that they're operating this way. So I guess that they'll just keep doing it. It really doesn't make any sense because it, it's, it's there's so many things that you could do, okay, to try to speed this game along. And I understand that, you know, well, the game is too, too slow. We're doing all this stuff. The Universal DH was fabulous last year. And as you mentioned, with pitchers hitting, nobody wants to see that. The other thing that people don't want to see are the pitchers getting injured running the bases. That's the other thing you don't want. Well, especially a year like this, right, after having just 60 games last year, we don't know what impact that's going to have on pitchers. What impact is it going to have on minor leaguers that didn't have a season last year, right? Is there the possibility that there's more injuries as a result of that? Well, I would would like to – it just seems to make sense that – right, hopefully not, but it would seem to make sense if that does turn out to be the case. Yeah. And for there to be this thing, right, if, if, if they want it, well, then we it, – that's the way they are. It's like my kids sometimes, right? If, if mm. one of them wants something, well, then the other one doesn't. Like, all right, what movie do you want to watch? Well, I want to watch this. Well, I don't want to watch that. No matter what it is, a TV show, oh, he wants to watch that. Well, I'm not watching that. And then it just goes round and round. So how do you uh, mediate that? What, who buys I tell them what? neither of you are getting what you want. I'm watching what I want to watch. So you win. Right, exactly. And you know what? All of a sudden, they start compromising. Because <laughs> nobody wants to watch what you No, watching. nobody wants. No, no. We're watching MLB Now on the uh, MLB Network. Oh, God, not this again, Dad. Come on. Ten minutes of that. Ten minutes of Brian Kenny, and they're ready to, to, to negotiate on what Marvel movie we're going to watch tonight. And they haven't got. They haven't figured out that you do this on purpose. Oh, no, not yet. Not yet. A couple more years, probably. It's ESPN in New York tonight. Freddie Fitzsimmons at the top of the hour. They'll continue the conversation here on 98.7. Make sure to start your day with DPHO Canteen Rothenberg. We call it DCR from 5 to 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. They'll get you up and rolling on your Friday. I know it's the last day of the work week. You're struggling. Well, they will get you out of the bed and ready to go. 
take you into KJZ, which which seems like it's the Barton Hahn show. It has <laughs> been late. a lot lately. Yep. <laughs> you know, so they will uh, they will take you from eight to ten, and then that's Greeny, and you'll hear Gordon Damer's Dawson Tones giving you some updates during the morning as well. Speaking of Greeny, Damian Woody was on with the Green Man today, and he don't mention Zach Wilson to Damian Woody. Check this out. I think Zach Wilson is a, is a great prospect. I think he can do a lot of, you know, a lot of the things, the off-platform type of stuff. It was nothing against Zach Wilson. I do believe that it's this runaway locomotive that we're on as far as Zach Wilson is concerned, and it feels like we're making him out to be like the second coming of John Elway. Like, I, I, I get it. We all like the shiny new toys, but I wanted to, pre- to present a counter-argument as to why the Jets – should go with Sam, stick with Sam Donald, and capitalize on this momentum, this momentum with the, the number two draft pick. Think about it, Greeny. The Miami, look, what the, look at the haul the Miami Dolphins got with the San Francisco 49ers at three. Mm-hmm. You don't think that they could get a ridiculous haul for number two? And, Greeny, you know this. I watch the Jets as close as anybody in the league, and all I hear last season was two things how terrible the roster was. The roster's the worst in the league. And Adam Gates is the worst head coach that, that's ever stepped foot on the football field. So my thing was, how do you expect Sam Donald to overcome those two aspects? All right. All right, Gordon. You, you started this with Miami dropping down from three. <laughs> so now people, the more and more folks are talking like, well, you know what? Drop down, see what you can get it to. Let's see. And listen, considering that some of us at ESPN are saying that Justin Fields is like the fifth, going to be the fifth quarterback drafted now, he'll be available if they move down. <laughs> well, I've always said that moving down has its appeal, especially when you have to patch as many holes as the New York Jets have. So the only problem with that is that, at the end of the day, you're probably going to have a quarterback who is not your number one choice, or you're going to have Sam Darnold some more. Who's not your number one choice. Right. (laughs) It's it's pretty clear at this point. Unfortunately, he's nobody's number one choice, right? Like if he was somebody's number one choice, the Jets would have traded him by now. You know, I saw something interesting from Rich Cimini. He -hmm. tweeted out that Steve Young was uh, on a, a station out in San Francisco And he said that uh, he believes that the Jets are sold on Wilson, but, quote, there's no question in my mind that the 49ers prefer Wilson. I just don't know how they get it done. The Jets Mm. have committed to Zach Wilson, recruited the family. He said that Wilson's family, though, would love Zach to end up in San Francisco. Now, it seems like the Jets are locked in to Zach Wilson at number two. Do you think that there's the possibility that they could split the difference, trade down one spot, get some more draft picks, and that there's another quarterback that they like at number three instead? I mean, then you still get, you know, if you if you like one of the other guys, if you don't like Wilson as much as you like, I don't know who it would be, though. Trey Lance. Yeah. Um, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. I can't, I can't imagine that that's the way the Jets want to go. I think that they're kind of locked into Zach Wilson. But if that were ever to be the case, if they saw somebody else that they absolutely loved, that would be a way to kind of split the difference, give the Jet fans who want to trade down and stockpile picks what they want, give the fans that want a new quarterback what they want, 
I get the feeling, though, <laughs> there's probably a good chance they don't make anybody happy. Yeah, I'm sure they won't. But, you know, that, that is interesting because more and more, what are you hearing? Which Zach Wilson are you going to see in the NFL? Are you going to see the 2020 version or the 2019 version that had, like, a ton of turnovers in the fourth quarter? So, like, that, you know, which one is it? And how did he flip in one year? How did he get to be so great from, from 2019 to 2020? Was it the – uh, competition was less, yeah. You know, so that and that's that's always going to hang over him. He he's always going to have that hanging over him, Gordon, about the competition and how he was able to reign supreme supreme over the competition, which is what he's supposed to do, right? What do we always say? You're supposed to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, mm -hmm. All right? Well, that's what he did. Now the question becomes, okay, but can he do that in the NFL? We were talking about the, the, the throw he made from one side to the other side of the right. field. And just, right. Oh, it was great. Oh, it was great. Right. And, and how many times have we seen Sam Darnold make that throw and it, gets, and it goes the other way? And we're like, you're not supposed to throw from one side of the field to the other. <laughs> That's not what you do. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating situation. And it's one that, you know, the Jets, are, I bet, are still pondering. Now, if they, I will say this, Gordon. If you, if you have... Trey Lance has always been the, the wild card here in a sense because of the fact that he's allowed he's been allowed to call his own plays at the line of scrimmage. Their competition has not been that great either. All right. But the fact that he's been able to do some, you know, a, a thinking on his own and make some play changes is kind of appealing. It's something that Chris Canty really likes about him. There's other negatives about him, but Gordon, there's negatives about all these quarterbacks that's coming out. There's even negatives about Trevor Lawrence that's coming out even though you're not hearing a lot about it, but there's some negatives about it. He's not the perfect quarterback. So uh, if the price was right, Gordon, if I'm Joe Douglas and the price is right for me to drop down one and I could get maybe the next best quarterback that I'm thinking and I could get some more draft picks and use them on the offensive line, which I did nothing for during, <laughs> during free agency, I'd have to consider it. I just do. Yeah. I'd have to consider it. Yeah. The only problem, I'm just thinking about it now, the Niners have, throw, have traded their picks the next couple of years to the Dolphins to move up to where they moved up to. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the, the Niners would be able to give up to move up that one extra spot. It would have to be something, you know, it's not going to be a third-round pick. That's no, no value to the no. Jets to do that. No, So uh, it, it seems – Better come up with something. It, yeah, it's probably pretty unlikely. But, it is. you know, that's what's fascinating about this draft is the Niners moving up to three – and it's all it's clear to everybody they're taking a quarterback, right? Yes, I mean, that yeah. seems like the consensus. Yeah. But nobody has any idea what quarterback it's going to be. There's some people that say Mac Jones. There's some people that say it's Trey Lance. There's some people even say that it's going to be Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. It seems like even though that trade is now more than a week old, it doesn't feel – or maybe it's not a week old. I guess it was Friday. But anyway, almost a week old. Uh, that nobody really has gotten a sense of what the Niners are actually looking – as long as it's not Kyle Pitts, that's all I care about. Well, now, did you see a mock draft where uh, somebody was making that New England was making a deal with the Giants at eleven, and oh. they were going to take a quarterback? Larry, we have been on the same page <laughs> in terms of these uh, these pro days don't mean anything. It's not about these. Everybody's going to look good in these pro days. I will grant you all of that. I watched footage of Kyle Pitts's pro day, and I'm oh. in love. I am in love. That th th that is the guy I want at six. They're not going to take him at six. He might not be available at six. That is the guy I want. That guy is a freak. He is an absolute freak, and you can see him dominating 
mm. on NFL Sundays for whoever is able to get him. I hope he's available at six. I'm convinced it's going to be Devontae Smith, and that's, to me, the third option out of three if you're the Dolphins. But, boy, that Kyle Pitts, boy, I would, I would love What's your first option? To, my first option would be Kyle Pitts. My second option would be Jamar Chase, and then the third okay. one. I, I'm, I'm always a little leary of the Alabama players, you know. I, and unfortunately, I got one at quarterback, so I might be yeah, one of the Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. They, some of them don't make the adjustment to the pros, Gordon. They just yeah. don't. I, I get the feeling that Miami is locked into Devontae Smith at sixth. I would bet I, – I cannot find a bet for it on FanDuel. When it does, I will be betting probably half my bankroll on that <laughs> is going to be their move. I'm just convinced that that's the way they're going to go. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's amazing. Because, I mean, the Jets drafted a corner a couple of years ago from Alabama who was really good. Was that Milner? Yeah, Milner. Hurt all the time. All the time, yeah. All the time. And and, and i got to be honest, when they made that pick as a Dolphin fan, I was like, darn it, I liked him. I I hope, you know, and and he just never panned out for – he couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't stay healthy. And the other thing was I remember having a conversation with him, and it was he didn't adjust to the coaching – on how you play the secondary in the NFL as opposed to college, mm-hmm. okay? And there is there's a there's so much you can't do in the NFL, <laughs> and they don't the corners don't understand Gordon. If you let the receivers get past you at the line, if there's no if you you have to do something to put your hand on them, mm-hmm. otherwise you're not going to catch them. Right. You're not going to defend. You you're going to be looking at the back of their jersey, looking at their name and number. All the way down the field, you have to be able to chuck them at the line of scrimmage. You have to, yeah. And they, and some of them just don't do it, and and they get burned a lot. Well, I mean, there is that. It, it seems like right on draft day, you watch the highlights of these guys, especially guys playing in the SEC or, or playing on on big programs. You think mm-hmm. to yourself, "Well, this is this guy obviously is going to come right into the NFL and is going to yeah. knock it out of the park." And yeah. And it's funny, it's almost like uh, we, we pick through the, the negatives of the early round picks far more than the late round picks. The, the late round picks, it's just about the positives. Well, you know, this guy in the right situation, he has these talents. Uh, the first round picks, we, we look through all the negatives, but you think to yourself, how, how, th- this guy's a first round pick out of all these teams that are playing college football. This guy is one of 32 guys to be selected. And half the time, it's the, the, the guy just never pans out for a variety of reasons. And some of it is not his fault. Some of it is right. the program that the team he goes to doesn't give you the type of coaching that you need to make the adjustment. You know, doesn't get the you get a you get a draft choice, first round, second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, Gordon, and they end up in New England with Belichick. They're going to be okay. <laughs> they're going to be okay. Right? They're going to be okay. It's 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 the type of coaching you get. And you know, we talk about there's a lot of bad quarterbacks in the National Football League. Well, Gordon, a lot of bad coaches in the National Football League. Not terrible coaches, but there's there's various variant degrees of coaching capability from the benches, like the position coaches and the assistant coaches. All of them are not created equal. And so you get a kid who needs the extra work and needs some adjustment. If they go to the wrong program, Gordon, they're, they're screwed. Yeah. Was that an Idzik pick, Milner? I'm trying to think of what year that was. I think it was an Idzik. I think it was one of the Idzik. Yeah, I think it was. There was not a lot of hits there. Yeah, because we were still going to That was like the Yankees lineup today with runners in scoring position. (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of hits. No, you listen. Yankees did better than Yankees did better than Idzik. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah huh? I guess. none of them were in the league. Well, right? Yeah, there's none. There. None of them. Uh, you know none. what? No, I think someone tweeted out 
There's oh, one. God, who was it? There was one guy. There's one guy left? One guy left from Idzik's yeah. reign with the Jets. You know, it's not Jason Mara. I know that. No, it's not Jason Mara. <laughs> it's, not, it's not D. Milner. No. Uh, I can't. Not. I'll find You know what? I'll find it. And, uh, All right. I'll let you know. This is ESPN New York Tonight.